Utter domination. Boston Celtics walk into Phoenix and destroy the Suns. Joe Mazzulla's message is coming through, as is Boston's message to the league. I'm talking about it all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast directly to your device if you are subscribed. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast. You can even watch the show on YouTube. Very thankful that we've crossed 9,000 subscribers. So thank you so, so much for doing that uh, and making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And today, it's all about the 125-98 win. And I got to tell you, not even that close. 27 points was the final score, the final spread. But they led by as much as 45 points. 45, it felt like 90. 45 points in this game and just waxed the Phoenix Suns later on third segment, Joe Missoula giving him just the respect that he deserves because his message, you can feel the team. You can hear the team taking on his personality. That's in the third segment. Second segment, the message that was sent by the Celtics in this game, uh, a very impressive, I think third quarter, in this game, but let's just get to the the nuts and bolts of this thing, because it was very impressive how they they turned what was an actual close game into just a blowout. And history will look back on this as, oh my God, the Boston Celtics just crushed the Phoenix Suns. But the reality is, the Suns came out and played well right away. The Suns came out and, and led sixteen to thirteen. They they looked like hey Chris Paul was out there slinging it they were shooting it they were getting layups they really looked good and there was a stretch there in the first quarter honestly and about halfway through the first quarter I was like shoo I don't know man this is gonna be this is gonna be a battle before they started to turn it around there was a 17-2 run in the first quarter mostly after Chris Paul sat But before Chris Paul sat, I said to myself, this is going to be a tough one. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics ultimately kind of are perceived after this game. Then Chris Paul sits. That's number one, Chris Paul sits. Number two, the Suns couldn't hit a damn shot. And I want to be completely clear here. Joe Mazzulla said this after the game too. They gave up a lot of wide open three-pointers. They gave up a lot of open shots. And the first element to this blowout was the Suns just couldn't hit a damn three-pointer to save their lives. That was part one. Now, after that, 
after that happened, the Celtics turned that good fortune into just dominating defense. And the Celtics went out and took what was a 12-point lead and turned it into a 24-point lead in a blink. But the first element of this win started with the Suns missing open looks. And so I always say that to say, if the Celtics play this exact same game against the Suns again, and again, Joe Mazzulla said this exact same thing after the game. If they hit a few of those three-pointers, this isn't a 45-point blowout. This, the, the trajectory of this game changes. So, hey, that's how the game flow went. Sometimes a team misses shots. You've got to take advantage of that. So impressive that the Celtics did take advantage of that. They said, all right, we, we're, we're, we're running off of their misses. They, they got out into transition. And even early on when Tatum and Brown weren't hitting, it was Grant Williams. He was perfect on the night. In fact, I say I think this game was just about as perfect as a game that, that Grant Williams could play. He was unbelievable in this game. It was a big joint effort. A lot of times when you put up a 45-point lead, you've got one guy like a Tatum or a Brown going off for just having like a, a one of those nights, a 50-point night. You know, like Anthony Davis had a 55-point night the other night in a win like this. And and that's usually what fuels it. But no, they, these guys, they got their, their biggest contributions early. Malcolm Brogdon at the end of the first quarter. Grant Williams at the beginning of the first quarter, uh, Derek White in the second quarter, and and there was that second quarter stretch where the game really turned. And when I wrote on my uh, on Boston Sports Journal what my turning point was, it was that second quarter stretch where they had four steals in a row, and they had a 10-0, uh, 12-0 run. It was 12-0? 10-0 run or 12-0 run? It was a 12-0 run, and 10 of the points were off of steals. In fact, this is an amazing number to me. The Phoenix Suns had 18 turnovers in this game. The Celtics had 14 steals. So 18 turnovers is a lot. To have 14 of them become a live ball, that that's just amazing to me. The Celtics had four straight steals in this game in the second quarter. Derek White was this was was Derek White's stretch. He just felt like he was everywhere, and he, you know, came up with uh, a a steal. He had a, a putback dunk, which wow, right? Putback dunk, um, a steal, a three pointer, an assist. Like he he was that stretch there where he was he was just great. So it was a little bit of everybody. Jason Tatum in the beginning of the first quarter. Uh, Jalen Brown uh, was super aggressive early early on. And, and he ended up picking it up a, a little bit later, but he had a really good game. In fact, Tatum and Brown had just kind of, I just thought like, yeah, they were good. They were good. Just typical good games. Nothing special, but 25 points apiece. I mean, think about it. Jason Tatum, 25 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Jalen Brown, 25 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal. Uh, and you look at it and you're like, okay, nice game. Move on. It tells you how good those guys are. And, but, you know, like I said, Grant had his moments. Blake Griffin had his moments. He had three of four three pointers. Uh, Marcus Smart had his moments. Malcolm Brogdon, I like I said, was huge. Luke Cornett had, a, had some nice plays. Brogdon had one play 
really, I loved this play. It was the beginning of the second quarter or late in the first quarter. Uh, the Celtics had a lead. A big, uh, the lead had been growing. And Tatum kind of was slowing down the offense. And he was holding the ball at the high post for a little while. And it felt like, you know, three seconds, four seconds, five seconds. And it's like, okay, here we go. It's time to stagnate. And he gave the ball up to Malcolm Brogdon. And Brogdon immediately drove and went left because he loves going left. And Luke Cornett cut down the right baseline. And he dumped it off to Cornett for an easy reverse layup. That play, I loved that play. That was so awesome because that turned a stagnant possession into ball movement and an assist. So that Brogdon's impact, more so than him, yeah, 16 points on seven of nine shooting. That's nice. Five assists is nice. Um, that, that That's a good game, but that particular play shows his impact. It was just a little bit from everybody. And by the time halftime rolled around, they were rolling. But it's not just what they did up until halftime. That third quarter was huge. And to me, that third quarter was a message sent. I'm going to talk about that next. First, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. And we know that these days, every new hire for your small business is a high stakes wager, right? You need to be 100% certain that those candidates that you're picking from are the best qualified candidates. I know I grew up in small businesses and I used to be a hiring manager. I know how important the talent pool is. It's not just finding the right person. It's about finding the right people to choose from. It's just like the Celtics or any basketball team holding tryouts. You don't just bring one person in and just hope for the best. You want that pool of candidates. So you go to LinkedIn Jobs. You create a very easy job post. You add a purple hiring frame to your, your profile. You spread the word. Then you use the simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience. That's how you make your cuts. That's how you whittle it down. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Now, once you get to the end of the show, make Locked On Sports Today your second listen every day. They'll talk about all the big stories in the NBA, all the big stories across the league. It's everything in sports that you want to know about in 22 minutes. It's a great show. Follow them wherever you follow this podcast. You can even watch the show. Did you hear Sorry, I think my ringer's... No, it's not my phone. Is there a phone ringing? This isn't a call-in show. What the... What is going on? Hi, John. First time, long time. Jake calling Madison! To you, calling to you from New Orleans here. Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. What are you doing here? I just wanted to call and thank you. Thank you for beating the Suns and having that game be over at halftime because with that win, I don't know if you know, even though we actually talked about it on Locked on NBA on Wednesday, the Pelicans are now first, first in the Western Conference on December 8th. I know we don't want to hang banners up 
in the Smoothie King Center over that, but I kind of do. And look, <laughs> you're a big part of that. And I just wanted to thank you from the That's bottom awesome. of my heart. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure the Celtics are very happy to have done their part to uh, put the New Orleans Pelicans as the number one seed now, not in a tie, all alone because of this loss at the top of the West, man. That is a great feeling. Can I tell you, I want a Pelicans-Celtics NBA Finals so bad, so bad. I don't know if I'd survive. I'll need a liver transplant afterwards. But I want that. We're actually number one in the country when it comes to liver transplants with one of the hospitals here, to be perfectly honest with you. So I love that idea. But the Celtics are really good. And they beat the brakes off New Orleans earlier in the year when you were down here in New Orleans. Actually, it's probably my second time on the show since we double posted that that show that we did at my house. So I don't know if I'd want to play the Celtics in the finals because I don't feel confident in the Pelicans' chances, but it would be really cool. I'd take getting that far as well. So if it's not Celtics-Pelicans, I actually hope it's the Celtics. Maybe we'll throw you a parade down here in New Orleans. We use any excuse to do those sorts of things. So look, man, it's December 8th. I'm just happy to be here is kind of how it goes. You know, Brandon Ingram's still not even playing, and they're somehow first in the West. What an incredible story. And just thank you. Screw Great the Suns. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the Celtics did. <laughs> well, Jake. Thank you. I'll take my answer off air now. Okay, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> I did not expect a uh, a pop-in, but we get pop-ins from time to time. Shout out to Jake Madison and the New Orleans Pelicans as the number one team in the West. Thanks to the Celtics beating the Phoenix Suns. And let me tell you something. This was a message sent by the Boston Celtics. And that third quarter is where the message was sent. And I think you look at what the Celtics team has been with big leads and how they've handled big leads over the course of the past two, three seasons. I think most of you probably felt the same way I did. Halftime comes around. They were up by 20-something, almost 30. You say, all right, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch this team kind of meander its way through the third quarter. Maybe uh, the the Suns are still cold, and maybe – uh, they hold on to a 20-point lead. And let's see if we can get to garbage time with five or six minutes to go, limit Tatum and Brown's minutes. If I'm I'm willing to bet that you are probably if we're, we're in that same mindset. But the Celtics came out of the half and were nowhere near that mindset. In fact, they came out of the half and they said, we're not satisfied. They came out and immediately started pouring it on. And they grew that lead to 45, 45 in the third quarter. And I look at national TV game, and the Celtics about ready to head into Golden State. I will say it's an NBA Finals rematch, but it's not really an NBA Finals rematch. That's not not NBA Finals rematch. NBA Finals rematch will be if they meet in the NBA Finals, but it's still a big game. It's still a big game for the Celtics to go in there and and kind of say, "Hey, look, we we're we're not the same team that you beat 
a few months ago. But the message is pretty clear to Golden State. The message is pretty clear to everyone else. The Celtics are starting to put things together. They went into this game with a an offensive rating of 120. They score 120 points per 100 possessions. Defensive rating of 115. Give up 115 points per 100 possessions. They come out of it with an offensive rating of 119.9, but a defensive rating of 110.8. So more than four points come off their defensive rating. The Celtics now have the number one offense in the league and the number nine defense in the league. Oh, now, hold on one second. You're telling me top top 10 in both? Oh, okay. Oh, and Robert Williams is about to come back? Oh, okay. Hey, everybody. Message sent. Marcus Smart came into that third quarter and had a couple of steals, had a big offensive rebound, and put back early on. And the message was clear that they are not going to settle for just having a big lead. They were extending the lead, and they were letting the NBA know through their ESPN nationally televised game, hey, everybody, take a look at us. We're putting things together now. The offense is still great. The defense? Defense is looking good, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, this Phoenix Suns team, if you're not at your best, because this team is currently leading the, the West, if you're not at your best against this team, against us right now, this is what happens. This is what you get if you're not completely playing your best basketball on both ends of the floor. If you want to beat the Celtics, you got to play your best. Look at the Miami Heat, by the way. The Miami Heat came into Boston. They they beat the Celtics. They won that game, and then they went to Memphis, not playing their best, and lost to Memphis. And then they lost to Detroit. The, the Heat had to give Boston their absolute best effort, and they won in overtime. The Celtics, when they're playing like this, and if they if they were playing like this, Miami never they they wouldn't have won this game. This is a slow progression towards getting to that level. This is a slow, just march forward. And I know that my job is to react after every game. And it's tough when you react after every game because you focus so much on the little stuff. So you can't help but ride highs and lows with a daily podcast, daily writing, daily. Like you're, you, you, Follow this team so obsessively that each day brings you, oh, wow, this is great. And then when they play poorly, it's like, oh, God, I can't believe this. But when you pull back a little bit and you say, okay, look at where their defense has come. It's now, after 26 games and they're 21 and 5, a top 10 defense without Rob. They're still the best offense in the league by, by a healthy amount. The message that they put out there against the Phoenix Suns on national TV is one that the league should be paying attention to. The league needs to be paying attention to that because it's not only the stuff that I was talking about after the last game with Jason Tatum 
putting his message out there and saying, hey, we've got a choice. And and what made the Toronto win the best win of the year? It's now they're starting to take on Joe Mazzula's personality. Now you're starting to see the coach and his personality and how that's kind of permeating the locker room and how they are they they've been bought in from the beginning but now you're starting to really see how Joe Mazzula is impacting this team. I'm going to get more into that in just a minute. Thank you as always for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Make Lockdown NBA your second listen. I just had that pop in from Jake Madison. Jake and I do the Wednesday Locked On NBA show. That's a lot of fun, but it's a rotating cast of characters Monday through Friday. It's a lot of fun the way they cover the league. It's uh, So check it out. Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube. Joe Mazzula is learning. He's figuring things out. He, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why he had Jalen Brown in to start the fourth quarter of this game. After the game, he said, I don't know why I had him in there. Um, he, he does know why, but he's, this is a, an opportunity for him to just, you know, have some fun at his own expense, a little self-deprecating humor. Okay. That's fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll look past it. Nothing happened. Nothing came of it, but. It was still a little scary, like, oh, my God, because he had he had a play where he fell, and, and you just like, oh, my God, after all of this, 45-point lead, are we are we really going to sit here and, and have, like, Jalen go down with a sprained ankle or, or something? But no, he survived, and so it's fine. But the more you listen to Joe Mazzulla, the more you hear consistent messaging talking about guys being humble and having that the work ethic and and he, he, the same the same messaging comes through after every game and basically in a nutshell he focuses not on the result this is a very Brad Stevens thing very kaizen if you remember the Brad Stevens kaizen it's the process. It's the why. It's the how. How did you do this? You can win by 45. And not all 45-point games are the same. Sometimes a 45-point game is a guy goes off, like I said before, and Jason Tatum can't miss and Jalen Brown can't miss. And they're each hitting eight three-pointers or ten three-pointers. And it's just an avalanche. And, and no team, the Harlem Globetrotters, can't come in and compete with whatever that's happened, whatever's happening there, those types of games happen. And you can say, all right, that's a great 45 point win. It's a blowout. Hey, everybody's happy. Yay. But why? How? Well, well, you got hot. What, what did you do? What did you do? Right. What did you do wrong? And J Joe Missoula is so incredibly focused on the what did we do? How did we do it? What did we do right? What would what did we do wrong? And that's where the whole, hey, we gave up a ton of wide open shots, and this game could have been really different if we, you know, if those shots had gone in. That was part of his whole thing. And it's not about not enjoying moments. You can enjoy these moments. You can come, you're gonna get on the bus after a game like that, and you're gonna be joking around. And everybody's gonna be like, 
having fun with one another and you can have fun on the team plane. You got a couple of days off. You're going off to San Francisco. It's nice. You just, you just had the big golf outing. They had a nice big golf outing on their day off in, in uh, Phoenix. That was a lot of fun. These guys are, it's a great group of guys. They love each other. They get along. So yeah, enjoy this moment. You're enjoying this moment, but at the same time, how do you get to this moment? How do you prepare? How are you handling your success? How are you handling your failures? Are you learning? And you just hear the guys talk and you see the video of the guys like coming in after the game and there's no craziness. It's just slapping five and getting changed. Next thing. What's next? Golden State? Okay, that's next. And they downplayed. Like I said that they sent a message, and I believe that they sent the message. I think they went out there in that third quarter and said, We're, we want to make sure everybody in the league understands the, the utter power of this team. It's like the Death Star. You know, they had to go into Phoenix, and it's like they blew up a planet just to let the whole galaxy know, hey, by the way, this is what we're capable of, just so you know. But they downplayed it because outwardly, their attitude is this is just one step. And hey, it's it's right. Joe Mazzula, hey, it doesn't matter if you win by one or 100. If you win by 100 and you do it the wrong way or you do it in a way that's just not sustainable, okay, that's nice. You want the win, but. You got a lot to work on. If you win by one and you do everything right, then that's awesome. That's a much better win because if you continue to do everything right, the next win won't be by one. It'll be by 10 or 15 or 20. And that's why they focus. He is so detail-oriented. He is so focused on the process and the details and you can see it come through. You can hear it in those interviews. You can hear Tatum talk about it. You can hear Brown talk about it. And you have the loss in the finals, which I can't begin to express how much that is that crushed Jason Tatum. And you, you might not be able to tell because he seems so kind of aloof in, in so after so many losses, but that I know that that is not just lingering. That is one of probably the most painful experiences of his life. And I think that is really, if you listen to him closely, that is really influencing how he views the regular season now. Cause he understands the process. He understands the habits. And he also understands that, Hey, there's, there's a lot here. And what we're doing is this is, almost like less a game and more a a day of practicing for the postseason. You know, it's almost like they don't have 82 games. They have 82 tests about their preparation for the playoffs. And I really think that's kind of how Jason Tatum and the rest of this team looks at this. And it's all part of one big thing. You have four games to win, and the Celtics' season, because of everything that they've been through, because of 
the finals loss and the Emi Odoka mess and Joe Mazzula taking over and guys becoming more mature and all of this. This entire season is all about winning four games. Everything that they're doing, it's not about that game in particular. It's about winning four games in June or 16 games in the playoffs. That is what this whole thing is about. Can you do enough now? Did you do enough today? Did you do enough in this game against the Suns? 45-point lead or not, did you do the things or enough things to push you forward? Did you do something that you can lean on to get you those four wins? That's it. That's all they care about. That's the mentality that you see. So we're not celebrating a 45-point win. We're looking at the process of getting four wins. Four wins in June. That's the only thing that matters. Last time around, they got two. They need two more. And they know how painful it is to lose those two. So, great win. But afterwards, you can see Joe Mazzulla's influence on this team. You can see the influence of all this history. And I got to be honest, it's encouraging, man. It's encouraging. This team, I think over the past couple of games, this little stretch, the post-Miami stretch, it's three in a row. I'm starting to feel a little something about this team. It's like, hmm. You come out of that loss, you felt they they got humbled a little bit. I'm starting I'm starting to see things with these guys that this could be something special. This this is this is the most I've felt that this could be something like really special. Now they're going to be ups and downs and I'll be talking about them throughout, so I know that if they lose to Golden State and they don't play well, I'll be here talking about oh so disappointing that this or that. But we'll see what happens. So that game, Saturday night, Saturday night ABC game. I will be here after that game with a post-game podcast for you. So that means bonus podcast this week. You'll have, uh, this is the Thursday podcast. So you'll get a Friday podcast. And then you'll get a podcast after the game Saturday night. So make sure you're subscribed so you can get that directly to your device uh, also make sure you're watching the show on YouTube again. Thank you for helping the show across 9,000 subscribers. I'd like to get to 10 and just keep it going forward. So, so really thank you so much. And, uh, if you are a subscriber, love it. If you comment, feed the algorithm and share the podcast, let everybody know they should be listening to and watching the lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the lockdown podcast network, your team every day.